0: Welcome to First 15, and thanks for giving the first 15 minutes of your day to God, learning to listen to Him in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here, and we're learning to listen to God's Word, to meditate on it, and then to respond in a personal way. I invite you to subscribe to our podcast if you're new here. You can also follow us on any of your podcast providers, or you can watch us on YouTube. Share this episode with a friend if you get some benefit from it. Today, we're going to be asking probably one of the most important questions that's ever been asked of humans before. Who is Jesus? Like, who is he really? What does he mean to you? Matthew 16 is coming up for us on verse 15 today. The intent of verse 15 is to apply the truths of God's Word that we hear, that we meditate, and that we pray back to Him into the rest of our lives beyond these first 15 minutes. We have a four-step process that we detail in the first episode of the season, back in Matthew 1. So if you're new, you can go back and catch that. You can also get a copy of it in a sheet that you can download at podcast.wordofprayer.com. Make sure you get one of those. After the feeding of the 4,000 that we talked about on our previous episode, Jesus encounters a lot of opposition from a couple of groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And just to really simplify matters a lot, you could say from the really religious leaders and the rich and powerful, because that's what these two parties really represented in ancient Israel in Jesus's day. So. Jesus is facing a lot of conflict and opposition from the leaders of the people, both the religious leaders and the the rich and powerful leaders. As he did before, Jesus decides to take the heat down a notch and he takes his disciples in a strategic retreat. He goes up to the north again, this time though not to the northwest toward Phoenicia along the coast of Tyre and Sidon, but instead north of Galilee, toward the area called Mount Hermon, which in fact is like a very tall mountain that has snow on the top of it almost year-round. So that's in kind of the southern part of modern-day Syria. But this is really on the frontier between where Jewish people lived and where the Syrian and and other people uh, lived as well. And he goes to a town called Caesarea Philippi. It was a town actually built by one of the Herod family in honor of the Roman king Caesar. We're going to listen to Matthew 16, 1-13 today. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others... Caesarea Philippi was a city about 40 kilometers or 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Galilee. It was developed, as we said, by Herod uh, Philip in honor of the Roman emperor, situated at the base of Mount Hermon. Um, It had a shrine to the Greek god Pan, who was the god of nature. And there were a bunch of Roman buildings there as well. So it was not exactly the center of Jewish people, Jewish culture. It was a Hellenistic city that had a lot of Greek and Roman culture there. Maybe some Jews living in it, but it was really kind of a pagan pilgrimage site. There was a huge rock face at the base of Mount Hermon, and the temple complex was built right up into that rock face. And there was a huge cave as well. And out of that cave, came a gushing river of water which was actually runoff from Mount Hermon and pilgrims who went to worship the Greek god Pan there actually called that the gates of Hades for a number of reasons we won't go into but uh, there were sacrifices people would toss goats there the The water would get full of blood, and so it would kind of evoke scenes of Hades, the Greek underworld, or scenes of hell. And so that's one of the popular views that people had of this place. In the northern, mostly pagan city, away from both the followers, the crowds of people who have been coming to Jesus for healing and miracles and and teaching as well, And also, opponents like the Pharisees and Sadducees, who were hot on his tail and just, you know, just trying to hammer away at Jesus and catch him in in his teaching and throw him off his game. In an attempt to get away from all of those distractions, Jesus takes his disciples aside and he asks them a few questions What is it? What's popular opinion? What are people saying about me? He asked them, basically. We've seen earlier in Matthew's Gospel that Herod thought Jesus was actually John the Baptist. And the common people thought that John was a prophet, as Matthew told us back in in chapter 14, verse 5. Jesus identified himself as a prophet, when he was in his hometown of Nazareth back in Matthew 13, verse 57. And so his close disciples acknowledge that some thought Jesus was Elijah and others thought he was Jeremiah or one of the prophets of Israel's ancient past. But what about you? He asked them. Who do you all say I am? And it's Peter, of course, who speaks up. It says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. It's been building up to this point on our journey. Jesus is a teacher with authority. He's a prophet and a healer. He calls himself the son of man, but he's something more than a man. He's Lord of the Sabbath. He's greater than Jonah, greater than Solomon. And in fact, Son of God. These are all things that he's either said about himself or that he has allowed others to say to him or about him. And so the picture has been building and filling in about who Jesus is, and now it comes to a head. So Peter answers, Messiah, or the Christ, the the promised one, the anointed one, the the promised king that is going to come and, and restore Israel. Jesus acknowledges it, saying, this was revealed to you by my heavenly Father. It is true. He is the Christ, as Matthew 16, verse 20 says. And not everyone is ready to hear it. Jesus warns his disciples not to tell his true identity just yet. Jesus asks the question, who do you say I am? What is your answer, and what difference will it make for you today? Let's pray. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, more than a prophet and a teacher of the law. You are the anointed Messiah, God's chosen Son. You are the King of heaven and also a humble servant. You are the saving, conquering ruler and sacrificial lamb of God. I worship you. What else can I do? Thank you for reminding me again, for coming and caring for us and for the rest. Death will not overcome you or the truth. Amen. The fact that Simon Peter called Jesus the Messiah or the Christ and Son of the Living God near a center of Roman religious and political power was significant. Those like Herod, who ruled under Rome's protection, would try to put down anyone claiming to be the Messiah. To travel to Jerusalem and make such a claim was flirting with real danger. Peter's confession and Jesus' acknowledgement was a challenge to Roman rule in a way of stating, God is sovereign over all. Do you believe Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of the Living God? What difference does it make for the journey that you are on? Meditate on this question today Based on observing my life and my habits, what would someone conclude about Jesus based on what they see in my life? If I identify myself as someone following after Jesus, what would they conclude about Jesus just by observing me? What kind of impact has he had on my life? Thanks for choosing to spend time today with us on the podcast. God has been speaking And He's causing us to grow in our understanding and knowledge of Him. Share this with someone else today and bless them as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Journey with Jesus, Book 4, Praying Your Way Through Matthew's Gospel. It's available on Amazon. We have a link to it in the show notes. So get yourself a copy of that, either for yourself or for someone else as a gift. Throughout the day, I invite you, keep listening to God's word.